Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Um, For about 30 minutes, we will be speaking about issues in the disabled community. Um, Before we start with with today's topic, I'd like to remind you this show is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to chat with me, I have Zoom open. The number to Zoom is 1-646-558-8656. That's the United States number through New York. Your long distance charges may apply. Also, I'd like to introduce uh, Buffy Williams' show. If you haven't been able to check her out, I suggest you do so. Her show is on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So let's get into our topic today. Um, I'm going to be talking about the special education system within the United States. I'm not as familiar with the way uh, special education is handled Um Within other countries, however, we did do a roundtable episode uh, about last week. They We do talk a little bit about some of that. Um, actually, excuse me, a few weeks ago, it should be on the NHEG website. Um, our last week episode was discussing poverty and how that affects um, education. But today I'd like to focus a little bit on the education system in the U.S. and what it's doing now as far as being effective and how it can do a bit better with our students who are disabled. Me, myself, I am disabled, of course, as listeners of my show may recall I have cerebral palsy. With CP, at least on my, um, with my version of it, comes with, it comes with several learning disabilities. One of them is in math. 
Um, however, on the other side of things, I'm extremely good at English. When I was in school, oh, those uh, many years ago, um, bless them, my teachers tried and the school tried, but I have a feeling that they didn't know really what, where to put me. Um, back then they were really trying to start the inclusivity program, which means that, um, disabled students are, or, you know, people with learning disabilities are integrated into a regular classroom. Again, that was at the very beginning stages of that. Um, now, um, classrooms are integrated as a matter of course. Um, but back then it was a new thing and, and people were still trying to figure things out. Um, and so I got some of the fallout for that. So I'd like, I was interested in going back and thinking about that experience and what teachers are going through today, um, in general and specifically with disabled students. Um, and I wanted to talk about it a little, try to compare and contrast with my experience as, you know, a disabled child in what they consider to be special ed classes. Um, so here are current trends and issues in special, special education. It is generally accepted now that children, children with special needs, and you'll hear me wince when I use the word special needs, um, I typically do not use that word. I know people who do and are absolutely fine with it. Um, I am not because for most of my life or as growing up, I heard it a lot used as a pejorative term, but that's me. I know several, several disabled individuals who think that special needs as a term is just fine. I will be alternating between disabled um, and special needs in this case, though, for this. So it is generally accepted uh, that children with special needs, learning dis disabilities, and etc., as well as physical issues, um, can be in, um, can and should be integrated into a mainstream classroom. Although things have improved since I went to school, as I mentioned, there are still several challenges that face disabled children in the education arena. So we'll get into those right after this break, and we will be discussing what challenges face disabled kids, and especially as well the teachers teaching disabled kids in the classroom. Be right, right back after this break. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and today we are looking at the challenges that both teachers and disabled students face in the classroom. As I mentioned before the break, 
um, more and more disabled students are being integrated into regular education classrooms. So this presents some problem, well, challenges, not problems, um, for both the teacher and the student. The first one I want to talk a little bit about is the large classroom sizes. I've heard teachers talk about this a lot, um, not only with regards to special education, also with regards to their regular ed students. Um, some teachers can be teaching up to 30 per class, sometimes more. I know that even when I was in school, this was typical. Um, you know, teaching as a profession is laudable, and I have every single respect for any all the teachers that I know and anybody who chooses this profession. But it really is a choice, and one of the reasons these teachers are having to teach such large groups is because there is a shortage of teachers in the United States. Unfortunately, teaching does not pay as well as it. I personally think it should, um, so it's hard to recruit teachers. This ends up giving them larger class sizes for those that are in the teaching arena. Um, <clears throat> so again, sometimes over 30 per class. This makes it difficult for teachers to give special education students individualized time and attention they may need to succeed. Um, again, I mentioned even the non-disabled students that they have, it's hard to give one-on-one -on -one detailed help um, when you have 30 students to take care of. In a special needs child, this goes pretty much double. Um, <clears throat> a special needs child definitely has different challenges than the, the average student and a teacher in order for them to succeed, a teacher really does need to focus on assisting the disabled student um, to do their homework, they need to make alternate lesson plans, they need to set up different testing times um, so the, the student can have unloaded testing. That does take a lot of work. I mean, it is something that should be done and I'm all for obviously giving disabled students every single accommodation possible that they need. Um, but I also see the other side and the struggle teachers have um, in trying to focus on those special needs children um, when, again, they have about 29 other children that also need their attention. Um, so I would, of course, advocate um, for smaller class sizes. But again, you run into the thing, the issue of not enough teachers. Um, it, it is a cycle and I, I do have ideas. I mean, how to bring in teachers, obviously pay them more, give them better benefits, but that is not really the topic of the, of the podcast today. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to number two, the number two challenge of disabled 
children in the education system. Lack of materials. Okay, so again, due to budget cuts and other factors, many teachers lack the very basic tools to do their jobs, paper, paper pens, notebooks, etc. While students have always done the typical back-to-school shopping, there has been a push in recent years for the students to buy items that would normally be provided by the school. All parents feel this burden, of course, um, but the burden may be greater for parents of disabled students. A lot of special needs students come from a background of poverty or unstable homes. Um, many may be homeless, in fact. For these students, getting extra supplies means additional financial hardship for the family. Um, things like getting your own printer paper, um, buying extra supplies. I've heard of buying extra supplies for the class in general. Um, buying your own assistive technology in some regards. Um, things like that. And again, this is something that every student deals with, every teacher deals with. Um, but I think with disabled students, or even students in poverty, like we spoke about last week, um, this can be an extra financial burden for the family that other better situated students and families might not have. Um, this can lead to perhaps the in, the individual student um, not getting the best possible education they could get. Um, it's hard when you need a special calculator, for example. Um, I always needed a calculator in school. They finally kind of gave up <laughs> on teaching me how to do advanced math in my head. Um, and when I say advanced, I mean like anything past basic addition. Um, I am really terrible at math. But so they finally let me have a calculator. Now I know that's standard in most classrooms today. But again, due to budget cuts or whatever, teachers are struggling to get these supplies to students. And so the student may have to um, get their own calculator. This also increases once you get to high school, and high school requires other things. Um, I mean, when I was a kid in high school, I had to carry all my books and at least six or seven individual notebooks to put my classwork in, notebooks and folders. Um, those little things add up. And if you are already have a disabled student in your home, you're also, I mean, more concerned about medical bills, that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's, it's comparatively speaking, it's mild, but again, it is something of a concern. It's an added expense that a person with a disabled child really does not need. Um, <clears throat> three, lack of training. I'm going to take a quick break here. We're going to hear a commercial and a um, 
from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School. I will be right back after this word from Silicon Valley High School. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I, again, am your host, Erica Hansen. Last episode, or our last segment, we were going to start um, the third challenge of parents and students who are dis- parents of disabled students um, within the education system. Number three, lack of training. Um, teachers are, by and large, hardworking and caring individuals. Like I said, I know a number of them, and I give them all due respect for what they do. They work hard. They work long no- uh, hours, and they often give more of themselves than um, the education system sometimes gives them back. Um, and so I really admire, admire the profession. Um, so they always try to do what's best for the student, but sometimes, especially with regards to disabled students, um, what's best may be difficult for an instructor to determine. They may interact with several disabled students per day because Obviously, you know, the schools have more than one disabled person. It's not just, you know, one disabled person for the entire school. And teachers may have one or several disabled students to teach throughout the day, depending. Um, And all these disabled folks have varying types of disabilities and learning difficulties. Um, You would not teach a child with ADHD and one or and or one with PTSD the same way. For example, it can be hard to tease out each individual's difficulties. Um, also, outside situations may affect the student's learning ability, so the instructor must be aware of this as well. Again, I mentioned homelessness, um, lacking basic meals, um, you know, a a tense home environment is very hard to focus on learning when not only are you disabled as a child, you have a situation that is putting an extra stressful burden on you, such as homelessness or not knowing where your next meal comes from. In that case, not only physically, like for the example of hunger, not only does that affect you physically in that your mind moves slower when you don't have a meal, um, your priorities necessarily go toward eating rather than learning. So basically, if you're wondering, well, where's lunch going to come from? That's going to be the primary thought on your brain and not whether 2 plus 2 equals 4. Um, so I do want to, you know, point that out. Um, again, if the student lasts something like basic meal, 
lacks something like basic meals, for example. Um, now I'm going to propose a, a few solutions here, just some thoughts that I've had and some that I've seen implemented over the years. Um, solutions. So many schools now provide a breakfast meal to those who lack that option at home. Um, I know that when I was a kid, I would end up having to be at school about 7.30. Um, and in some cases, classes started at 7.30 in the morning. Oh boy, speaking of. Um, and a lot of kids either don't have or they miss out on that first meal. Um, again, and that sets you up for the whole day. If you don't have your first meal, you'll be sluggish and your brain will be slow to respond throughout the day to, you know, questions and learning information. So many schools are doing this. They're providing um, meals, extra meals, especially to those in poverty. Um, I know that with the pandemic, some of our schools here um, are still providing those meals because even though these kids are stuck at home, um, they still aren't getting fed, quite honestly. So that's something that a lot of schools are doing now to make sure that these children get the meals that they deserve, even though they're not in school. And that's in general. That's not just disabled folks. Um, although, again, I do stress that some of these problems that are universal, they do add an extra burden, an extra stressor on a disabled student. <clears throat> I'd also increase incentives and outreach to potential special education teachers and aides. Um, actually, all teachers in general, but there is also a shortage of special education teachers, um, teachers that are are focused on children with disabilities and might have greater resources than a general education teacher might. You know, they have, they should have further training, um, be conversant with various, you know, dis learning disabilities and have a proficiency in, t in teaching um, special education students. Um, but again, nationwide teacher shortage, and this is doubly true for special education. Again, I mentioned above decreased class sizes. Again, this would allow teachers to spend more time with each student rather than having to run around and try and accommodate 30 students. Um, offer more assistive technology. This is getting better. Um, my understanding is that students can be given laptops now, and that's pretty much standard practice in some schools to give every student a laptop. Um, again, I think this applies to the disabled students as well. I think if a disabled student needs a special, special calculator or other accommodations, I think that there should be a discussion um, with the child's IEP staff and possibly their medical doctors about what this child needs and see if there is a new, um, a new assistive technology to help that student out, whatever their 
struggle may be. Um, Create individual lesson plans. Again, sometimes this is done. I'd like to see it more. It, again, it's hard with 30 students. I realize that. Um, increase communication between parents, teachers, social workers, etc., to better assist the student. Um, now, again, be cautious with this because of HIPAA. We don't want to be releasing any information that the school or the teachers shouldn't have, obviously. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it would be a good idea for the the parents, teachers, and this, you know, the disabled students' care providers to have an open line of communication. I know that unfortunately, you know, some some parents are very, very, very good at keeping up with their child's um, educational life, but there are several who are not for whatever reason. Um, again, if you are speaking of a student that, I don't know, perhaps has a lot of medical bills, the parent may be concentrating on the medical bills rather than exactly how the student is performing. So it would be a good idea if the school just reached out to the parents more. I know some of this does happen, um, but again, I'm advocating that the parent, uh, the parent teacher relationship um, be fostered. Um, again, I'm not a professional speaking about this. This is just some of my thoughts going forward. Um, so I do know that they, these ideas that I'm thinking of may be difficult to implement, but they are a vital step in helping a disabled student to succeed in school and in society in general. There's been a lot of talk recently about how disabled folks can contribute to society how society needs to change in order to allow um, disabled individuals to contribute more to society. Um, I think changing the education system, even just a little bit uh, more, would be a step in the right direction uh, to, you know, produce confident um, knowledgeable students for the future workforce. So if you have any questions for me, uh, my email address is erikah at newheightseducation.org. I am always open for questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear me discuss, um, by all means. And I will see you next week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And once again, this episode will be on the NHEG homepage. Um, I hope that I hope that everyone has a great week, like I said, and stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.
at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.